0: Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent free. This is episode 97. I am Martin.
1: And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis.
0: So we're calling this one, listeners, Stalingrad Hitler's Waterloo. So this is the third in our World War II series. Uh, Again, 2021, the 80th anniversary of U.S. entry into the war. And we're spending about eight of our 12 history episodes on topics uh, related to World War II. And this will be our third episode where we've taken a look at a battle uh, that was influential in the decision of the war. You can't cover every important battle, but the ones that really made the decision, the ones that really led to the Allied victory, um, are the ones we want to focus on and historians generally give Stalingrad the credit as the battle that broke Hitler and broke the German army.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. I guess we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's ironic, but, you know, the, as we, uh, the American, the, it was really the Russian show, the Soviets. They're the only ones that actively participated now we supplied them of course as best we could but yeah it was it was Stalin's show and the irony's not lost that the damn city was named after him and uh, yeah. it, it, people get a lot of he gets a lot of grief thinking well it was his own ego that made him commit so many forces to defending the city because it was named after him I think that's a bunch of hogwash. I think no, there's
0: there's serious strategic Absolutely, implications. That's right. We're going to go through anybody all of
1: that that, that you know, we kind of want to explode that early on. It yeah. that's really not a factor. Uh, it's it's because of where it is and what it is. It has you know. Oh,
2: there's probably a little bit of a factor because sure. that would be
1: a very humiliating defeat. Of course, but you know, it, <laughs> a lot of it's because it's the last stand. It's the last yes. bastion. Everything else has fallen except for this one yeah. little... Well, one. and Moscow. That's true, but... Uh, well, that's pretty
0: major. They're within but, 70 miles, and... It's correct. You know, it's, it's tight. So, the background of this is it's called Operation Barbarossa. Um, in the late 30s, of course, it's t- everyone in, in the world, everyone in Europe, and pretty much everybody else, uh, expects the Germans and the Russians to go at each other. Mm -hmm. But suddenly there's a peace. There's the molotov ribbentrop pact that declares a peace between what are supposed to be the archenemies. Mm -hmm. Um, Hitler's made no bones about that Bolshevism's evil and (coughs) it's of course tied in his mind uh, to Judaism and,
1: well, uh, and all his polluted mind, all of this works together. Well, and I mean, he—he he, Hitler was an equal opportunity hater in many ways. Oh, yeah. the Jews were at the top of the list, but there was a, lots of other folks on that list. And yes. The slobs were right up there towards the top. Yes. Uh, he saw them as
0: subhuman. And, of course, the whole policy of lebensraum realm, the whole idea is to take all of pretty much Eastern Europe and strip it of its current population because what do they matter that's right that's part and of the essentially colonize uh, Eastern Europe the way Europeans colonize Africa and the New World and all of that and plant the seed of Aryan greatness <laughs>
2: you know and all this uh, um, right well he's looking to establish I mean, he calls it the Third Reich yes. so he's looking to, to establish a modern Holy Roman Empire Yes, without and, the Holy and without the Roman, actually, but yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. the Holy Roman Empire—it's yeah. we—it's called Roman, but it's it's German, correct? Yeah, I mean, it is a German.
0: Yes, polity. It, it's it's the return to well, Charlemagne
2: that, and that greatness and,
0: and right. all that, well, yeah, and that, that was my,
1: the first Reich. I mean, when you count yeah. all three, I mean, it's the first Reich was the Holy Roman Empire. The second was Bismarck uh, and the unification of Germany. Which was very short-lived. Which was, yeah. Right. I mean, as far as a Reich goes. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean,
2: uh, the reason Hitler always talked about a thousand-year Reich is because that's how long the Holy Roman Empire lasted. Mm-hmm. It was a thousand-year entity. And that's what he's shooting for again. So, yeah, he's got to reestablish that kind of geographic entity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, so he's looking at all of what we consider Europe today, which is basically France to Poland. But that's
1: not enough because he wants to go
2: bigger. He wants to go Ukraine. He wants
0: yep. Belarus.
2: He wants all of that. Yep. Well, he
1: wants to go essentially to the Volga River. That's that's that that is the norm. That is the normative natural boundary and push the Slavs on the other side and contain all that because that contains the oil fields, <coughs> the bread baskets, yes, and the rest of it. You know who, who cares? Yes. Uh, so he wants basically to push that boundary back, and it's different. Like you said, it's very different. Than the Holy Roman Empire, and the fact that that was a hegemony, where you got whoever's there, kind of similar to the way the Austrian Habsburg Empire would be. Yeah, lots of different folks there. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, different times. Yeah. But it's and he didn't want to mess with any of them. He didn't want exactly He didn't want to mess with any of that. He wants he has figured out, in his twisted way of thinking, that all those polyglot of peoples underneath is the, what led to the doom of those in, those entities. Therefore, remove that and make it strictly Aryans and you will have a thousand years yeah. because of the purity of the race. That's his thinking.
0: Yeah. Uh, insanity, uh, essentially. But anyway, the peace buys him time. Mm-hmm. He, he can focus on the West. He only has to then... He doesn't have to take on France and Russia at the same time. He can take care of France Stalin is delighted. He feels like okay, we're good. When Hitler then breaks the peace and invades, it said that Stalin retreated to his house and stayed drunk for five days.
1: (laughs) You know that's that's he he essentially
0: disappeared. Um, right. and was and didn't even speak to anybody for several days. To he his was,
1: credit, that didn't last long, though. You yes, know, he did, did come out of that's it. That's correct. Um, he, I mean, not, one that, I'm not that I'm one to give Stalin a lot of credit, but we kind of have to in many ways yeah. in this context. Well,
2: a drunk Russian leader is almost an oxymoron, or not an oxymoron, but almost redundant.
1: Yeah, you know, yes, so. that's, that's very true. But, you know, they also <laughs> have some, some serious grit when they want to, and yeah. that's ultimately and what plays so what Yeah, what he called
0: forth, calling it the Great Patriotic War... Mm-hmm he he mobilized all of the soviet population uh, essentially then as in this crusade then to save the nation right and
2: um, you know as far as propaganda goes this is one time where it's actually correct it is a great patriotic war mm-hmm. because it really would mean the dissolution of the country the, the, destruction, yeah, of the, yeah, the destruction of the whole destruction dismemberment essentially of it, essentially yeah. of it you which know, you know from a 21st century perspective that itself is not exactly a bad thing yeah <laughs> uh, you know, we, we longed for yeah. that day but even even but. with that
0: even with that uh, drive to unity that call for unity they almost do lose I mean it's, right. well which that leads whole first also, summer yeah. Barbarossa
1: is a, a huge success for in the main right and it leads to a lot of the and of course we love the what-if questions one of those questions that uh, still you know puzzles or fascinates historians is Stalin almost didn't come out on top in the 20s. It was, it could have gone another way. With Lenin's relatively early death, Trotsky was still seen as potentially... Now, he wasn't as ruthless as Stalin. So, well, it's, yeah.
2: But wasn't Trotsky by the time Lenin dies, though? He's, he's off in he's Mexico or South America, and they have to send somebody to kill him, right?
0: Yes. Eventually, he would uh, come to live in Mexico, and Stalin would send an
1: assassination squad... And, yeah, right. I think I mean, they
0: buried an axe in Trotsky's head. I think is correct, it was Correct,
1: but Trotsky was still a force in many ways which is why Stalin needed to remove him even in in exile. But things if things had gone just slightly different. People were saying if what if somebody else was in charge? Trotsky is the obvious choice, but there were others. There were other Yeah, I mean there were other uh, Bolshevik uh,
0: contending for power. I mean, that's what leads to the purges. And right. Stalin, and Stalin is—he's a ruthless thing. He gets rid of everybody that's a possible threat, um, which
2: you know is not unlike what uh, you know Hitler's problems were. Yeah. you know he tends to get rid of people who are competent because they are a threat. Right. Which, you know, I guess if it, when you're looking at it from the outside, it's like yes, you do more of that. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but when you have two guys going against it, and one of them is your nominal ally, that's a very bad thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're all for Hitler doing that. Before and after the war, were all war Stalin doing that, just not during the war. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: And then the purge became uh, very nearly crippling to the to the Soviet. I'm glad Army. you mentioned that because yes. that is
1: an essential factor here. Is because of all that that went on. There's nobody competent on the Soviet side militarily. Right. Uh, they, you not, can't not, at first. not I mean, at first. Well, I mean, I, they I, rise. Yeah. Uh, Zhdanov well, is only, the obvious one, but
2: it's only because. You know, you can't learn from your, your own mistakes. You have to learn from the mistakes of others. But most of the, the lessons you learn in that case are, you know, what not to do, mm-hmm. not yeah. what to do. So, you know, it, it, it is a very near crippling thing. And it, it, that in itself could have been the deciding factor. Yeah. Not even so much around Stalin, but just, you know, the, you know, Zukov could have said, could have made the wrong decision. Correct. Yeah.
1: Because he was afraid to make the right decision. Right. And, of course, he ends up you know, victorious in the end. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Zukov had talent, and less, more talent than ambition, which I think helped yeah. him. Uh, he, he understood where his bread was buttered from, uh, and not everybody else did. Uh, Zhukov's ego is well known that, that most of that developed after the fact. Yeah, After he's got the victory <clears throat> under him, he was able to let some of that go. But the, the,
0: the setup is uh, Operation Barbarossa's a three-pronged attack into Soviet territory. Uh, There's a northern, a central, and an army group south. Army group south is the one that's moving through uh, Belarus, Ukraine, and headed for oil fields. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that Hitler tinkers with. He he uh you know, pulls part of them up and then sends them back and, and he's tinkering and, of course, the weather helps because that first summer it goes well, but then yeah, the winter hits. That's right. But eventually, uh, like you said, they'll come to the River Volga, Stalingrad. And, again, it's... Sure, it's a pride thing. His name is on the town,
2: but... Well, let's also... Yeah. I, let's also, before we get too deep into some of the details about Hitler and the... let's. Lay out the geography because the geography is yes. extremely important. Right. So it is located about halfway between the Mediterranean and the Black Sea, or not the Mediterranean? Excuse me. The uh, the uh, Caspian Caspian Sea. So yeah. So it, you've got it's a and with all the rivers through there, it is a very important uh, right. transportation hub.
0: Exactly, and that's where I'm headed. Is uh, it's one of the directions that lend yes takes to get Stalin equipment because it's on the way to Persia, it's which is now Iran, but back then it's Persia. It's basically under British control. And it basically is completely then tied to North Africa, the Middle East, and so on. Right. Um, if Stalin loses here, the way is clear then for Hitler to move from that direction into the Middle East, into Persia, and take away British oil supplies, which would be really bad news. But the other is is, you know, that's the thing. It would is, essentially cripple Stalin yeah.
1: because he would starve. Yeah, not literally, but uh, but it, it would, would be the
0: end of land lease for the most part, because, right. because then
1: right. you, then you're you're confined to the North Sea, and so much of their industry, Soviet industry, was on. The western side of the Volga. Yes. I mean, they would have to retool completely. I mean, there were some over there. I mean, it's a huge swath. Uh, but nevertheless, a lot of that's just wasteland.
0: Yeah. Right. It's very well, It's empty. a huge freaking country. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's
2: completely open and, and empty. You know, this this battle is, is uh, and the reasons behind it, <clears throat> those ultimate goals, you know, to get to, to Persia and what have you, uh, those are extremely important to remember because this is not the only one. That is the whole reason for the Italians being in Libya, and that and for the North Africa campaign. Yeah, there's oil there. Yeah, Italy almost not. You know, almost well, not almost done because there there is oil in Central Europe, but there's not enough. Yeah, well, There's and also a lot of other stuff, in Central you know, Europe. It, right. Yeah,
0: Romania and the Baku oil fields. Uh, that's in Armenia, and all of this, this Southern mm-hmm. Europe, the edge of Asia, all of this is very strategic. Again, because it is North Africa, it is Sinai. It's the Suez Canal. It's the route to India. It's it's everything.
1: Yeah, all the natural resources, oil in particular, but everything. Yeah, it's it's the transport route. There or
2: they go through there. Right, and that's
1: the thing.
0: Yes, yes, it's the trans. So the strategic goal uh, is to protect the flank of the Wehrmacht, this Army Group South, um, headed to Baku, and cut off the land lease supplies. From Persia, so the Soviets did understand the strategic danger. Mm-hmm. It's not just a point of pride because it has Stalin's name on it. Right. Stalin really did understand. Holy crap! If we lose this, we are toast. We've got to hold this. Well, and it, we've got to make a stand here.
1: And I like the comparison to Vicksburg as well, with the Mississippi River in the Civil War, which we yes. did we talked about that. If if you can if you can hold one strong point. There's no free traffic up and th- down through there. Yes. Uh, as long as they were a once that's gone, then there is you know yeah. not when 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 Hitler if he were to take Stalingrad he also controls the entire Volga. Yes. And that's it's not just the city, it's the river, and which we've kind of talked about. Yes. And they they all recognize that it's a, and the city's name was actually Volgograd, uh, before no. Stalin Tsaritsyn. And Volgograd is later. It's the later. It's after. After the, you know, the... Fall of the Soviet Union. Well, no. No, no, because Khrushchev changed it.
0: Khrushchev, yeah. After the whole Stalin cult of personality and the kind of the Stalin purge out by Khrushchev and the later leaders, they changed the name to Volgograd. Because you, you know, you have to pull Stalin's name off of everything. Yeah. So, but... uh, Which is not a bad thing. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, so the, the famous <clears throat> order from Stalin, not one step back, mm-hmm. and and we mentioned this in some show prep, um, they threw whatever they had. Uh, you got 100 men and 50 rifles? Well, okay, give out the rifles and just hang on. There'll be yeah, a rifle well, available eventually.
2: Yeah, that's a great scene in Enemy at the Gates where they're handing out the rifles, and, and that's literally, it's like, where's mine? Don't worry, one will be available soon enough.
0: Yeah. Which and is
2: such a Russian way of looking at things. <laughs> yeah.
0: A very yeah. fatalistic Russian yeah, yeah. Uh, way of looking at it. And again, it mobilized everyone. Uh, women served in frontline combat roles, sniper roles, everything. Pilots. Yes. Um, and the Soviets essentially adopted a scorched earth tactic of, we're going to turn this into... Uh, street by street, house by house, floor by floor, almost, urban warfare, mm-hmm. uh, and make the Germans pay for every position they take, every room they take, uh, if we can. And it devastated the city, and it,
2: well, the, it, it the, nearly worked. The Nazis I mean, did a pretty good job of destroying the city uh, with, with the bombing, and when yeah, they get the there, there's, you know, in a way, that almost made the fighting worse, because, you know, it... it it, while well, it, you have less buildings to clear, you know, but it's every, a great place to snipe from. You know, every I mean,
0: pile of rubble was 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 dangerous. it, it yeah. was two snipers. So yeah, uh, it 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 really became a, a battle of attrition on both sides. And of course, the Soviets have one serious ally that if they can hang in long enough, the weather.
1: That's, oh, yes, yes, that's
0: right. Uh, again, it helped uh, the the in the first. Winter of the war slowed down the the Germans. Um, it slowed down Napoleon. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. years a, before. This is,
1: a, this is a very old story, and, they, and then and that's remembered too. They yeah. realize, you know, we've got advantages if we can draw this out. And Hitler even knew that. That's why he invaded when he did. Well, when but was, that's the thing. But he had to, to Stalingrad stop. Yeah. in August. Yeah. That's the end of that's your the campaign end of the season.
2: season. You've got to get it done if yeah, you're going to invade the Soviet Union or Russia. Depending on the entity you're you're talking about, what time period? You have to start like in the end of winter, of the previous year, to get to the yeah. part where you're going to bog down. And that's originally,
0: right. Barbarossa is a, is a spring, but then the, this. But, I mean, you it, need to start before spring. I mean, you got to start oh, yeah. moving before that. Yeah, big and time. August is too late to start.
1: August is autumn in Moscow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, or in, you know, in, it's in not, Stalingrad. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, which is no, probably not. Summer. I mean,
2: that's kind of that's. That's in the southern part, but still, the point is, it hits. It hits. The winters are brutal, is beyond. I mean, that's that's. And and the Germans were not ready. They They were were not. not They did not expect to be there then, and so they were not prepared to supply a million men with winter gear. That's a huge disadvantage right there. And just like Stalin said, not one step back. Hitler was. You hold the city at all costs. He refused to let them attempt to break out of the city once yeah. the Soviets had yeah. surrounded them, and you know, and the allies that he has with them, they're second second tier at best. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, that's an important point. That the Romanian allies and and uh, other other contingents, the Hungarians, uh, yeah, and the Croats are and there Italians, and some Italians. They're they're destroyed, right? They're absolutely because they're they're holding the flanks anyway. So who are you going to hit when you re? When you counterattack, you're hitting the flanks first,
2: and they were absolutely destroyed. And and they're not the professionals that the Germans were to begin with, right? You know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's not a a knock against them as as a military. They're
1: just not the professionals that the Germans were. Yeah, the Wehrmacht had been training a long time for this, and you know, a lot of people said that Hitler moved too soon. That's kind of true. Here, had he had more time, uh, things may have been done differently. Well, yet another one of those what ifs. But, the th- but see, that's, the counterbalance
2: to that is, if he had waited, that also gives everybody else time to prepare. Correct. Once he moved into the Sudeten land, mm-hmm. it, war is Thanos. It, yeah, it's on. Because it's it is gotta, inevitable. It's yeah. inevitable. And the longer he waits, the more time his potential enemies have to prepare. That's right. And that's why... And that's even why though was... Chamberlain did not prepare well enough, even though he should have seen it coming... You know, everybody else did, but they didn't understand the tactics he was going to bring either. Right, yeah. You know, even though they had seen
1: it in Sudetenland and then taking over the rest of... Well, and I'm glad you mentioned tactics because that's one thing that's very critical here is, you know, Hitler comes in with all these tanks. The Russians don't have squat with that. The, T- the T-25 was a huge invention that was really just beginning to be used. But the T-34 is the tank that wins it. Right. That's where they start, but they end up moving forward and and changing. Eventually,
0: yes. Eventually, Soviet tanks would play a role here. Correct. Uh, Soviet weaponry in general would play a role here because the the rockets, the artillery, all
2: became very good. Correct, because they had to be. They had to be. Uh, Well, because they
1: didn't start there. They were, they were, but also
2: quantity has a quality all its own yes
1: because I don't I don't know
2: you could necessarily say the t34 is better than the the later Panzers but the quantity of the t34s compared to the later Panzers is the
0: same with Sherman's when the right. US and British fielded they weren't better tanks than the Germans
2: but there were more of them that's right. right and well, they the were t34s consistent. were pretty damn good but yeah yeah they were they, they were, just they, you know, yeah. even if even if it was uh, the the Panzers are slightly better, they just couldn't over, overcome yeah. that quantity. because yeah. right. by the time you get to the, to that point of the war, the Germans
1: no longer have the industry to mm-hmm. to produce in mass. Yeah. Good enough is good enough at that point. Uh, it, the but quality, it was yeah. Well, well, from the, from the Russian perspective. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. thought you from the German. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh,
0: but you you had mentioned tactics, and in a uh, there's an important tactic that the Soviets used, uh, General. I hope I pronounce this somewhere close. You probably can do it better than me. Vasily Choikov? Choikov, yeah. Yeah. Very his tight. his tactic is keep everybody close. Uh-huh. Hug the Germans. Right. Um, and that limits the German ability to use combined arms. It limits their ability to have close air support. It limits their ability to have artillery support
1: because it's all the positions are intermingled. That's, well, it's not that different than Patton's well-known strategy of hold on to them by the nose, you can kick them in the ass, kick them in the ass. Well, it, the kick in the ass is, requires the mobility that Patton was famous for. That's not an option here in Stalingrad, but the holding by the nose still works. Right, get in close and hug that. You know, you don't let that prize fighter you're fighting bring his right hook to bear. Yeah. Keep him in the clutch. Right, and
2: so, and that's a good point because the. Obviously, if the Germans are not willing to call in those close air strikes, to, you know, close air support, um, the the Russians certainly are not going to have that that problem because Stalin, his biggest uh, tool in his 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 bag, his biggest weapon is his willingness to throw millions of lives away.
1: Yeah,
2: he did not care how many deaths it took, as long as the Germans were defeated. Yeah. That is a huge, huge, uh, horribly horrible moral stance
1: to take, but it is a huge, huge weapon. It's not that different from the entire kamikaze outlook. Well, that's a horrible thing, too. Well, exactly. But this is on a much greater scale. Correct, though. which kind of leads begs the question we talked about this in the World War of the Pacific. If the kamikaze had 20 times as many uh, of them, things would have been different. Well, because it's a it's a different tool.
2: Because you're talking about men versus uh, fighter pilots. Correct. If, you, if they had 20 times the pilots, there would have been no need for kamikaze. Correct. I know it's it's, it's not it's not a perfect <laughs> comparison. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, if they would had 20 times the uh, men with arms that were trained, mm-hmm. there would have been no need to throw throw away all those lives either. Right. So that's part of the problem. You have lots of men. Not enough arms to begin with, and nobody's trained. Largely peasant conscripts. Right, because you got to remember, all the arms are taken away from everybody in the twenties. They, well, that's de- right. you know, yeah. I mean, it it would have been a capital offense to be caught with even a hunting rifle. You had to be, you know, either extremely well connected, or very good at hiding your. Your fouling piece is what we would have called it back then. <laughs> um, you know, because I mean, even having a shotgun for hunting was a very dangerous thing. Uh, so, yeah, these guys, they have no clue how to handle weapons because the Soviet Union has been a concern long enough that these the, the men who are going into battle grew up without uh, firearms, even as peasants. So that's another huge thing. Yeah. They have no idea what they're doing.
0: But eventually... yeah. They, kind of they, works you know, again, winter is an ally. This this lasts from August to February. Um, the Germans are unprepared to be there in the winter. The Soviets do manage to hold all the important supply points, even though, again, <coughs> the city's devastated. It's been bombed from the air. Uh, the artillery has crushed it. But the Soviets still hold the important strategic points. They can control supplies. And, again... They can get their stuff there. Yes. Right. They can begin to get their tanks there. The Germans decide that, okay, well, uh, so what? We'll supply by air.
1: That's a typical German thinking. That's, that's Goring right that's there. Gr- yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, it's you know, anything can be done by air. That's yes, Gring
0: convinces Hitler, no, don't pull back. I can supply the whole thing from air. Well, they get about a 20th of the supplies that they actually need right. into the into the combat zone uh, by air. Uh, it, it's just a, a trickle, uh, a bare yeah, trickle of Yeah, If you can fly stuff. that
2: many missions, then you might as well just bomb the hell out of the, the Soviets and be done with it because there's just not enough planes yeah. and ability to, and again, to get it, them there once safely.
0: Once the weather plunges, the, the oil in the engines freezes, uh, the lubrication of the guns freezes. Again, the German troops have very little winter clothing they actually have a clothing drive in Germany to send stuff to the front
2: yeah. right yeah uh, we're, we're talking Valley Forge level of clothing here yeah mm-hmm. uh, and, that's and, how well and without, we're, without we're, it mostly yeah. unprepared yeah. which
1: is odd because Germans are usually very very good about that sort of stuff but they were going the blitzkrieg actually worked against them because it's fast 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 get yes. it done get in there get it finished. Well, if you make it, that... that's fine, but if you don't...
2: Well, the problem is they you know, it's not so much that... It wasn't a logistical problem in, in, in the transportation sense. It was a logistical problem in that the, the material to support them in a winter campaign didn't exist. It didn't exist. Because, right. like you said, they were, it, was, it was supposed to be a quick campaign. Yeah, They were supposed to be in and out. And, you know, it, once you've pushed the, the Soviets back... You know, you can take your time. You don't have to worry about having um, warfare winter gear because that's a whole different thing from just having a an army equipped to be in cold weather. Right.
1: You know yeah. that that's an occupational army versus an active fighting force. Yes. Totally different things. Yes. Yeah.
2: And plus, you need a much smaller army for occupation than you do for taking it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a much bigger deal. So to, to, I
0: want to do two things. I wanna, we'll wrap up the kind of the combat details, then we'll talk some more about meaning. But first, let's take our break, our
1: bourbon break. Bourbon break. Bourbon always break. Always good. Always fun. Yes. Uh, uh, I've got uh, three things on the table actually here today, and I don't, I'm not sure how we're uh, how we're all divided out. I've picked back up the Evan Williams single barrel. That's that's where I am too. I'm going to
0: do some the Evan Williams single barrel. That's good stuff.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's, again. I think I mentioned it when we first cracked the bottle. I had no idea what I was getting into. I was just taking it by reputation. Uh, It was well a good choice, a very very good choice, on all that. Well, you've got the double-oaked over there, so yes, I, I'm going right. with the double-oaked. <laughs> well, see, I, it it double-oaked. is my favorite. Yeah, that's right. Until, until that bottle's man. dry, I know every time you're over here, that's going to be... No, not every time. Well, well, really, you're going to... Well, especially when we do you know multiple
2: recordings, I like to switch it up.
1: Well, yeah. That's true, that's true, yeah, yeah I guess I forgot so, that. So, yes,
2: listeners, we are
0: uh, at Studio F uh-huh. in the Baxter Building. Yeah, second floor of the Baxter Building. Very, very uh, comfortable, uh, very nice day outside. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're enjoying our... Um, our recording session here this morning. So uh do
1: we want to talk road trip? Do we want well, to go just, just we we can mention it. We have to mention it because uh, as of the recor- this recording, the day before we took it a... what how many how many hours was it? A 16-hour day. 17-hour day. 17. Hour day. 17 hour we hour left day, my house
2: at 7:30.
0: Well, I was in his driveway before 7. Yeah, but I don't count that. And I was in my,
2: <laughs> well,
0: it it is a longer day for Martin because I was in Francis's f- driveway before 7 a.m. Yeah, and in my bed at midnight.
1: You were the first one <laughs> out and the last one in. What time did you get up?
0: Uh, what time did we get up? Uh, I was about 6.10. I got you beat. 5.55. There you go.
1: Yeah, 5.50. Thereabouts. Yeah. You just had to one up me. So yeah, I see what's going on. Right. About, That's right.
0: That's right. Ten fifteen minutes earlier than I normally get rolling, but I'm usually out the door of the house at seven uh, to get to the office. Yeah, wasn't bad. I mean,
1: it was just a but long. But the point breath. is,
2: though, because we haven't even mentioned where we went yet.
0: Yes. <laughs> anyway, the whole we uh, listeners a uh, couple months ago, I was like, hey, you know what? I need to take a couple of days off from work uh, when the weather might improve. And do you guys want to do something?
1: <laughs> And the answer and was, of course, yes. Yeah, so Francis here out.
0: was uh, right <laughs> on top of it immediately. Oh, well, we got to take a trip to Springfield, Illinois, and go to the Abraham Lincoln Museum and Library. Mm-hmm. And so, yep, that's what we did. We worked out. Um, again, we were in car all day. It's a five-plus hour trip. Right. And five-plus hours back.
1: That's and, about the limit. You can do that in a day. You can't yeah. do much more than that, but you can no. do that up and back.
0: But uh, i just just... Uh, well, we'll go into more detail later. Again, we have Lincoln episodes planned, but a right. uh, quick shout out to the museum. Um, super, super friendly, wonderful staff. They, yes. were, they were awesome. Of course, very we were, all, friendly. We were very all in our merch and the lady at the counter immediately started uh, wanting to know what the whole merch thing and what uh, Snakes bucks, and Otters yes, was, right. so we, we had to talk about that and... Again, a very very. If nice... you're listening,
2: shoot us a, a message on Twitter. Send us an email. Go to our website. Whatever. Snakesandotters.com.
1: Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that yeah, <coughs> in the coming you, days. You hit the merch. Uh, it, it was it was an astoundingly robust museum. It was, and that's yeah. the. I mean, uh, it, I think fifteen dollars a piece is what it cost to get in. Well worth that price because sometimes you go into a museum and in an hour you say that's it. I'm done. No, we were there for like three hours and we did it well. We yeah, really yeah. Well. we took our time. Yeah.
2: I, I think I took a picture of every single thing they have at <laughs> this
0: one. So, yes, a huge shout-out to the staff of the of the museum. Um, uh, we really like Springfield. And another shout-out to the gentleman working at
1: Lincoln's Tomb. Yes, which is uh, a few miles down the road. Uh, I mean, it... That was almost a religious experience. I mean, it was very quiet and of course we were the only ones in the in the tomb. No, there's it a couple of people. A couple of people around. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was, was again the contact it, tracing the it sort It was of limiting a, access and say don't touch anything. It was very somber. Yeah. You know, but you a got wonderful, that emotion very wonderful
0: quickly. incredible uh, statuary, a lot of reproductions of statues, uh, studies of uh, what may become eventual statues. And last shout out, uh, we stopped for dinner in Marine, Illinois. Yes, yes, a we town did. of 960 people or thereabouts uh-huh. in Marine, with, Illinois, with a the, little diner. Yeah, the Marine diner we enjoyed it very much. So yeah, thanks the, thanks yeah. Springfield, Illinois. Thanks Marine, Illinois. We had a good time.
2: Excellent food at the diner. Absolutely. That garlic burger was
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, the the giant they call it the giant pork tenderloin was
2: very tasty.
1: I had I had the catfish fillets and man, they were good. They yeah, were very nice good. and peppery. So it was, it was a
2: nice busy place. It was. We got there at the right time, even as long as we sat and waited. Especially Francis, but <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, It was Friday during Lent, and even though it was not actually a day where you could not eat meat because of the solemnity of Saint Joseph being that day. There was a lot of fish being cooked. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There, and there was there was in and out traffic. Uh, I saw somebody yeah. carrying out pizzas out of there. So it was a diner that made a little of everything, and they had
2: a little ice cream uh, thing on the other side too. That yeah, the one family got, talking about. Yeah, yeah,
0: they got the ice cream, and yeah,
2: we didn't do
0: that. So uh, well, we were kind of stuffed.
1: <laughs> <if that's true. laughs> this is true. Yeah,
2: and we had a bag of snacks. Oh, yeah, wait, a oh, huge yeah. bag of stuff. Oh,
1: that's correct. Nobody went hungry on this trip. That's
2: no. for sure. No, Man, I'm still coming of. Oh, that's a shout to
0: Biscuit Belly as well before oh, we yes. left town. Oh, I had a great, great experience. Yes, we talked about time.
2: Biscuit Belly uh, in an episode not long ago about having need to go there, and so we went there first thing, and, and it was Before awesome. hitting the road. So, uh, yeah.
0: Snakes and Otters appreciate you. Marine, Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, Museum, uh, Abraham Lincoln Museum, and Biscuit Belly. Yes, Yes, the uh,
2: pancake corn dogs were awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: All right. So, just to to clean up the whole deal about the the battle, again, eventually, the weather would tell Hitler his insistence that, no, you can't break out and regroup and try again. You must stay where you are. Hold your positions. Uh, He promotes the commanding general of the uh, 6th Army, uh, von Paulus, Mm -hmm. to Field Marshal, because not never in the history of Germany or Prussia has a field marshal
1: ever surrendered in the field. That's right. It was a, it was a deliberate manipulation of the man. Yeah, and he did not play ball. No, they, he did surrender. Said, no,
0: there's nothing else we can do. We're we're beat. That's right. There's nothing here. Uh, so eventually the Soviets would uh, claim the city and uh, put something like two hundred thousand. Germans into captivity, right. and most of them would I never come out. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was it was huge. They, they they tried almost tried a rescue attempt. Manstein was supposed to go in, uh, and it gave the the Sixth Army a little bit of hope for a while. But it was it just was anemic. It, they just didn't have the forces necessary. Just, yeah, there was just nobody left to, right, to get the exactly. Gun. And and Manstein, for all his very uh, big reputation as a commander, he was probably the best the Germans had in the field. Uh, even that was not enough it it gave them hope for a little while but ultimately it was false yeah Yeah. so
2: to to put it in context here we talked about uh, how big this is um, and and to realize why this is the uh, the death blow to the German army that it is uh, is this so casualties and losses for Germany you're talking about three quarters of a million to 747 and 868,000 Men, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, that's that's half of our current standing army. Yeah, killed,
0: wounded, captured is is it's an enormous number. The entire sixth army is destroyed. Yes, Army Group South is crippled. Um,
2: the Italians lost 115,000, the Romanians, uh, between 100 and 160, Hungary lost 100 to 140. Um, you know, there are 900 aircraft destroyed, 1,500 tanks, 6,000 yep. guns. Yep. Uh, you know, this is just, it's just a massive loss in men and materiel that they could not afford to lose. Yep. That's the thing about the Germans, you know, that <clears throat> they had a professional army, they had uh, great arms, they had uh, just fantastic uh, ability to wage war, but it was limited. Right. It was finite. It was very finite. You know, the, the, Part of Lebensraum was not just living space; it was resources. And because Germany, while it has a lot of natural resources, does not have everything that a country needs to wage war. Yeah, yeah.
0: it does not have the production capacity that even really the Soviets had. Right, and certainly not that the U.S. had.
2: Right. Part of that's the amount of land that they have. Right. Uh, you know, they're going to have a lot of. Uh, Raw material in in forms of of ore, like iron ore, uh, nickel, all basic building Mm -hmm. blocks. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a relatively small. I mean, it's large as far as a European country goes, but it's a relatively small area of land. Mm -hmm. So it's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's very easily bombed from uh, from England. So it's you know, once the war starts, it's not quite you whatever you have at the beginning is what you have. But it's pretty close.
0: Yeah. It's, you're not going to be able to hugely replenish once things are destroyed. Right. And again, Germans, the German uh, military machine has the same limitation to a degree the Japanese military machine has oil.
2: Yes. And then,
0: again, that's, that's what part of this is about. It's a drive to Baku. It's a drive to the oil fields. And again, it threatens Persia. It, it threatens the Middle East to get oil. Um, so once the Soviets have won and they've broken this army that's the big deal is all of that is now safe there's still yes. a route for lend-lease uh, you know the British basically the British flank then is protected and this this destruction of the men and material
2: the men I think is more
1: important yes than yeah I'm material. glad you mentioned that population because has a huge,
2: yeah, There's Germany a, is something like 60 to 70 million people, I think, give or take a little. It's approximately the same size as Great Britain, mm-hmm. uh, population-wise. They're both around 60 and, million. And France. I mean, it's all in that same... Right. Well, yeah, uh, Britain is the only one I know off the top yeah. of my head. Because Britain has been a very stable population with that 60, 65 million for decades. Uh, it's because of about what the, the island can support, <laughs> you know. Um, but the Soviet Union has twice that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier for them to throw, and, and again, because Stalin just doesn't care about peasants. Yeah, uh, it's a very elitist uh, 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 idea for a communist. Irony of ironies, yes, the proletariats Yeah, but that's destroy. the whole point of the proletariat: is they're disposable, yeah. uh, as far as they're concerned, as far as the Soviets are yeah. concerned. And because you have twice as many men as the German, uh, plus you throw in the women, you know, y- your pool of available combatants is much larger. And they're just as scared of Stalin as they are of Hitler in in, in Germany. So the motivation is the same. Win or die. So, you know, that's that's huge. And the 6th
0: Army and Army Group South, this is the core of the professional German forces. Yeah. From this point on, that's destroyed. And increasingly after this point the Germans come to rely on what, you know, what we would eventually see is the reservists, the... The the boys and the the, old men. Yeah, the, the, uh, Jugendfuhrer, uh, so this whole idea of, well, the whole, all of German forces now are just old men on bicycles and young kids. Not quite, but this is the start of that. Yeah. This is the start of that real destruction of, the hardcore Wehrmacht, right. the the standing Wehrmacht, which were
1: essentially they discovered irreplaceable. Yes. Well, that that's gonna be true uh, for any army
2: uh, at any time. If you destroy the core of the mm-hmm. the long term guys, the real
1: combat
0: vets.
2: Yeah. Again, because that that's the essential thing. The combat vets. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they didn't uh, uh, get blooded until they invaded the Sudetenland, which is you know not much of a blooding, but certainly. Uh, Taking over France, that's where they. Yeah, I mean that was real combat. That's real combat, and that's where they really proved they knew what they were doing, and they knew what to expect. Yeah, I mean these are the vets. uh, Some in probably
0: in Poland, some in France, and then the the these battles early on during Barbarossa. This is you know (laughs) these guys are now
2: gone. Right, right, and that's a huge moral uh, morale blow uh, as well because uh, you know. The, the Germans are going to think of themselves as invincible. And when you lose not just a major battle, but essentially your entire professional army, that's a massive blow. Now, the propaganda is not going to let that uh, be the official line, right. but people are going to know.
0: Yeah, th- that eventually does happen. This is the sort of the first time that the German people are advised, we've lost in the, in the mm-hmm. battlefield.
1: Yeah, because they were essentially undefeated up to that point.
0: Right. And even even any other setbacks yeah. in front of Moscow or whatever, none of that's ever announced to the German people.
2: Yeah, none but it's it. kind of hard to, to hide the loss of a million-man army. Yeah. Really uh, so is. this
0: is the, the first time that Goebbels goes on air in Germany and says, well, we've, we've suffered a serious reverse here, and we've, we've lost men in the field. So that, it's... It's a big deal, so yeah. the I mean, history's verdict about Stalingrad is, um, is probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Francis agrees with me on if you really want to dig into this more than just a, a you know a forty-five minute podcast episode, those original um,
1: documentaries, the
0: documentaries from the seventies. What is the name of that the again? The World
1: at War. The World
0: at War, narrated by Lawrence Olivier. Yes. Um, again, you used
2: to be able to catch that on cable quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. I, I don't see, know if you still can. I haven't, uh, haven't noticed. I haven't
1: tested, check, checked it out. I mean, I have the DVDs, uh, and I think we actually many of us yes, do actually. Yes. Uh but
0: that, it, it's widely available. Yeah, it was all uh, done in the '70s, so there were still quite a few <coughs> veterans and living witnesses were interviewed, uh, interviewed That's for this. Exactly right, and it is told from the British point of view, and uh, it might be a little. Too sympathetic to the Soviet cause, maybe a little.
1: Uh, well, it's not you quite know, fair. They, they a tried sim- to do a very, very balanced approach. Yeah, they did. Uh, they, they interviewed German survivors where they could get them. Yeah, it wasn't that much. I mean, the British Imperial War Museum is the folks that actually put it on. So, right. yes it's, and, and it's they're using British. It, it, the Pacific gets a little bit of a short shrift. Stalingrad, but well, Stalingrad has an episode. All yeah, again, and that's that. where I'm getting to is, yeah.
0: yeah, they, you know, the Brits never really wanted to give the Americans full credit, kind of. They yeah, let's to, see them
2: uh, invade maybe, Normandy without us. Yeah, you know, <laughs>
0: if they give Eisenhower too much credit, that that takes the shine off of Montgomery. But you could applaud the Soviets very heartily.
2: Right, because we weren't involved there.
0: Yeah, and and yeah. there's a, you know, kind there's of a, a hours. sympathy to, to the Soviet point of view. Yeah. But... The Stalingrad episode is awesome and again it's, it's it very, does you,
1: it's it's close to, it's using modern video but still available interviews with folks who were there and that's powerful and the 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 level of production is incredible you get a very very good look at what happened and how it happened uh, they do their, they do their best to get accuracy uh, and Larry, and, well, and, yeah, I was gonna say Larry is you know uh, they, they. It's hard to beat having Larry. It's right because yeah. he 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 narrates the whole thing and uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's worth watching all twenty six episodes. Yeah.
0: Late career Olivier still has that voice. Yeah, you betcha. It's amazing. So one of
2: the things that uh, since we you know talked about it a little bit earlier, one of the things that yeah, because we, we love the what ifs. I, I yeah. just want to throw out a couple of things to to ponder here because it 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 illustrates so well how history is such a fragile thing how the the reality that we have is a fragile thing Is how we got here because uh when you go back to the beginning of the war you know people always you know most of the time the the tendency to think of world war ii is that it was a done deal when the japanese attacked us we were all in everywhere that's not true you're right and when we declared war we declared war on japan we didn't clear did
0: war on Germany till they did it, and, and that was a huge mistake.
2: A that was a made. huge mistake yeah, because if all like we're not the in the war, because we have to remember, there was a lot of German sympathy uh, in the U.S. because there's a lot of German descendants here. It was a very, it was a mixed yeah. bag, and they look like us, and they look like us, and the Japanese do not, and the Japanese do it, not. It was,
0: there's, yeah, there's I mean, a there's lot, there's a racial
2: that. component, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about. When you, when you throw all of that into it, even though Roosevelt wanted very much to go to war with Germany because, you know, he saw that they were a, a real threat to us, not as great as to our European allies, obviously, because, you know, the Atlantic Ocean is a great defense. It really is. But he couldn't just declare war on them, even though they were allied with Japan. So if, if Hitler had not declared war on the U.S., which I think was on the 11th, uh, yeah, it was, December, a few, a few later, it was only a few days later, only a few days after we declared war on on, uh, on because, Japan. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had an agreement with the Japanese to do so, right? Which he really should have just let go because really they they were not fighting together. They were just yeah. you know, there's there's no real. It's not like Japan was providing forces at Stalingrad. And Germany was not providing, you know, at best they're distracting their mutual enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you just said, you know what, I don't think we should do this because we can't really help you anyways. Yeah. So if you had done that, the US is not fighting in Africa. And that right there frees up, I mean, essentially, Monty wins in, or uh, Rommel wins in Africa if we're not there, I think.
1: It's, it is a much stronger possibility. Yeah. Yes.
2: So you then you don't have. Yeah. Uh, the losses that the Germans and the Italians and uh, the, the the Axis is going—they're very big. serious losses. Yeah. yeah, they're very serious losses. And, and
0: again, it, it retains British control of the Mediterranean,
2: Suez, right. Persia, Linleys. Right. So that's huge. It's all so huge. if the U.S. is not involved there, I don't see the Allies winning there. And even if they do, it's going to take much longer. But you know, yeah. I just I just don't see it happening. But it's going to free up a lot of good quality German troops to fight in the west. Or excuse me, in the east. On the eastern front. So maybe there's more men to throw at Operation Barbarossa. When it bogs down, there's probably reserves to send there. Because you've got a lot of men and materiel that are available. And so I think all that's huge. Yeah, I mean, when you
0: think about... The, again the early German triumphs. You you got a really interesting point there. They are the, triumph is great, but it also means you're spread all over the place.
2: Exactly. They
0: occupied North Africa. They occupy France. They're in Norway. All of Central Europe. All of the, you know it's
2: the the German military machine is spread out everywhere. And it's not. And it's a very finite military machine. Mm-hmm. Um, he if. I mean, there's... The Battle of Britain, I mean, the the aircraft and the pilots, I mean, it's... Right. He would... I mean, you know, obviously, I, I'm glad he did not. But, you know, again, just playing the, the devil's advocate with the what if. Um, yeah, I know he went to Norway for uh, strategic resources. I yeah. get that. But after conquering France, you know, he could have offered uh, peace and armistice to Great Britain. They would have had to take it. Because... You know, they were. I mean, literally, they were going to have to fight on the beaches, in the streets. <laughs> right. You know, hand to hand. I mean, it would it would have been very very brutal because they thought he was going to invade. I think they would have taken yeah. it just like Stalin did to prepare. Now they might have said, "Okay, we're ready and come after him," but you know, he would have had also his time yeah. being so divided uh, up. Yeah, I mean, the British huge. got
0: to the point of taking street signs down, right, to make sure there wasn't easy to come off the beaches and move inland
2: exactly um, so yeah, yeah that's huge and without the us being involved there's no need to have all of those troops in the in the west to <coughs> yes. defend france because great britain alone was not going to invade france they they, they just couldn't yeah. right so you know history it just these are the kind of things that fascinate me. Yeah, you can't leave any one piece out. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's a it's perfect all... all every one of these huge battles is a perfect storm of events, and yeah. you throw out one or two things, and, 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 and you outcomes
1: take, get very different. Right. Which, it's which, already in
2: doubt when you, you know <clears throat> in Stalingrad it, it could go either way with a few small decisions, but you take out one of these other things that lead up to it, and you know, Who knows? <laughs> you know, maybe they show up in Stalingrad three months earlier instead of August. Maybe they show up in May.
1: Yeah,
2: if they show up in May. Soviets are done because I don't think they could have lasted. It's
0: uh, it's it's everything has to happen just as it did exactly, it, and for things to come out the, the fortunate that fascism's destroyed and defeated
2: exactly. You know, yes. so it's a great thing that Hitler was an idiot. Because I mean, yeah,
0: that's I mean, a, that's kind of the
2: thing. That he's I mean, a military I mean, buffoon. He yeah. does not know what he's doing, and he, he, he interferes
1: far too much. Right. He, he's, he's letting certain philo- philosophical and egoisms drive him.
2: Well, he believes his own propaganda. That's, That's right. the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and he felt... Or the, the good thing. He felt the generals let them down in World War One, so he's coming at it from... Well, that the
2: Jews stabbing them in the back. Yeah, right. so, so he's coming really at I'm not sure how, it, how that worked, but they did.
0: Yeah. So he's coming at it from the, the view of an enlisted man who yes. suddenly has all the marbles... Uh, of course it was the general's fault it couldn't have been the enlisted man's fault well, I was
2: an enlisted man although I'll, I'll grant him in World War One. yeah the generals were really to blame for a lot of the stuff that went wrong there I mean especially <laughs> when you look at complicated I mean it is uh, it's complicated that's right it's complicated it's, hey, right. hi, hi, it's complicated, it complicated.
0: alright well that puts us at 50 minutes so uh, we're, we're going to wrap up here uh, but
1: Francis my buddy what is next time well, Code of Honor of course it's the second week uh, it's one of our favorite uh, episodes that we do. We have usually no idea how it's going to turn out when we start, but that's the part of the fun. Uh, but we've got some, got a few ideas, got some quotations we're we're kind of working with. We're, and we're working on. What always happens is the hammer, Robert nails takes it all care, down together. Yeah, that's takes right. Takes care business. He
0: has all the corners of the carpet nailed down. Exactly, Ooh. I
1: like that. I like That's that. a good image. We've never used that image before. That's one accent. of my favorite
0: things to say. Is oh, it looks like you got all the corners of the carpet nailed down.
1: I right. said, hey, looks good. Let's caulk it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. Let's caulk it.
0: Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes
2: published every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast
1: platforms, and leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.